Hello, welcome to Therapy Thoughts. With... Dude, even when we try to do a real <laughs> intro, I just like can't even handle it. <laughs> <laughs> and... I love you so... <laughs> what? Was I being weird? Dude. No, you were doing it. You were doing the thing. I was like, God, this is so not us. Like, we should never. We, we should, should never, never do it. We, no. We, I feel like we should try every once in a while just to mix it up. Yeah. But, like, just re- recognize that we are not meant we're not for meant that. For it. <laughs> introduce you your name is antonio and (laughs) you are you are very tan you are back in the united states and Mm -hmm. you're eating pasta it's true where am i back from abby costa rica the big co wait no the big CR. <laughs> I swear I'm not high. Oh, Jesus. I can't do this. Oh, my God. God, that was the best introduction. <laughs> I'm about it. There's so much to there. Oh, mm-hmm. you're so funny, dude. Okay. Well. <laughs> Hello, Abby. <laughs> Hello. How was your, ther- so we had, it's Tuesday. I had my therapy session today, but yours was yesterday, right? I know. Yep. How was it? Um, It was, it was good. It was productive. I did the thing. I put on my pants and broke up with my therapist. <laughs> Dude, I'm really freaking impressed and proud. Thanks. Like, again, every time. I have to like remember to be strong. Sometimes I think of you. I'm just like, dude, Abby would fucking crush it. And I want to be like Abby. So just get another way that you continue to try and like succeed really fucking hard. Like you try so hard and it's really impressive. And you do incredible things for the right reasons. So I'm really impressed and proud of you. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much. Um yeah, I was how just was thinking it? about that, how like, or just, I was thinking about how I, I am proud of myself for doing it. And like, I'm proud of the fact that I have like really good follow through, at least right now I do. Mm-hmm. Um, for the past like few years, I've had really, really good follow through and like setting goals and completing those goals. What do you mean by follow through? Like if I have an idea, like I will follow through with it. Mm. or like if I have a goal I'll follow through um like I yeah like I'll try to make steps take steps to like make those goals happen you're pretty courageous to say the least you definitely do things that you're constantly scared of and it's fucking (laughs) awesome it definitely reminds me of like how of course of course it reminds me of like a conversation we had of if you write down all the things you're afraid of 
and you just tackle them one by one, you realize you have nothing to be afraid of. Yes, yes. I love that. I think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I really love that. Um, I try. I think that when I do things that I'm afraid of, but like, like you said, for the right reasons, because I know it's going to make me better or like make something happen that's like not bad for me necessarily. When mm-hmm. I get out of my comfort zone, it's really scary, but then I do it and I feel so much better afterwards. Like every single time. Mm-hmm. So that's what pushes me forward. And doing things that I've never done before is like, you know, it's hard, but when you do it once and you've done it, you know? All really good points. And I've really been like trying to remember that. Just like, like it's really impressive how you can just like continue to psych yourself back into it. Like you're always like, I either did something worse or did something better or my friend did something similar or whatever. Like I definitely use that last one a ton, but the fact that you can, the fact that you can continue to really just make strong decisions and continue to iterate off of it and try is really freaking impressive. And it's such a skill and I really admire you for it. Thank you. Of course. Um, you're pretty awesome dude me too i i think about a lot like when i'm trying to make new friends i think about like what would antonio do (laughs) really yeah you're like one of the best people i know at making friends and just like putting yourself out there when you don't know anyone i appreciate that i really do appreciate that i actually like really struggled with that in costa rica um so but i like got it back in the end um yeah so I really appreciate you saying that and reminding me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at look at us just making friends and being better and doing hard things. What an idea. Yeah. What an idea. Um, but yeah. So be, like everything that I said here on the pod mm-hmm. about my therapist and about like the issues I had, I said to my therapist um really yeah i didn't beat around the bush i didn't say like just one thing i i i pretty much detailed like everything Um, damn dude you were on you were like (laughs) next level dude like you didn't you i remember you saying how you were just gonna say oh it's financial yeah you gotta fucking be honest but you like dude i did because you told me yeah, I'm just so impressed. Like, I love that. And it's so scary. Ah. And it's so, dude, also the fact that, like, I said that and you're like, that's right is just wild. <laughs> but, like, yeah. you were, <laughs> you were right. I should, yeah. Like, you did it. And I think you did so well. Like, I don't think what you, like, it's so impressive. Just know that this is probably one of the top 10 most badass things I've ever had anyone Aww. close to me do. And I know my really? mom, so you're pretty oh up there, God. dude. Oh, that's so nice. It's just like, oh, it just shows how much, how much growth, oh, shows how much growth like you've gone through and just like the time that I've known you. Like, mm. yeah, that's what my therapist so said impressive. too. Yeah, that's I'm sure, said. I'm sure she was, 
I'm sure she was like really stoked at how you like have grown. Like she was, she took it well. She was like, thank you for telling me. And like, I'm really glad that you were able to be honest with me. And I think that like you, like I've seen a lot of growth in you recently, like over the past year or whatever, two years. And you're able to um, be like, you're able to hold your emotions better like without feeling overwhelmed and and advocate for yourself and I was like yeah it's because of like how like my growth and I was trying to be nice to her yeah of course I was like and I really appreciate every like the work we've done together and it's because of like our work together that I'm able to realize like what I need and choose something else that's like a better fit for me and i think that's so real and so valid and it's so just awesome and it's true it's like really true like good and bad no matter what happens with someone they're gonna affect you in some way um sometimes it's Mm -hmm. subconscious sometimes it's just like like smaller or bigger than others but the fact that you like you grew so much from your relationship with your therapist it's like good and bad um, moments that you've had with her gave you some sort of growth. And this is for like every single dynamic, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's just like you really put in work, dude, and you have been putting in work. I remember when you were like, I don't like therapy, and yet you yeah. choose to do it. It's like, it's impressive. It's a fucking choice, right? It's a real it's a choice. choice. It's a choice, yeah. It's hard work. And you continue to choose to do it. You continue to put yourself out there and do something that you don't like. That way you can be better and be happy with yourself. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like I still wake up and I'm terrified. Like just the other night I had like a thing where I was waking up and I thought someone was like under my bed, you know? You're like not sleep paralysis, sleep paralysis? Yeah. Like I, I, it still happens. So like, clearly mm-hmm. I have a lot to work through still. I'm not fixed or whatever. Like no one's ever fixed, but. No, no one is ever fixed. And I think that that's also such a unique case too, right? Like that's just something that is like going to be personal growth in the long run, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to feel like I'm safe, you know, like I need to feel like I'm safe what a statement dude what a statement that's like wow that makes me sad to hear that you don't feel that way sometimes like and it's you know it's normal and it's not uncommon for a lot of people to feel this way um Mm -hmm. but like what a fucking statement and i'm so happy that you are taking that statement that statement seriously yeah, I am. Right? Yeah. That's God, it's so cool. It's yeah. so cool. It's just so impressive. Oh, thank you. But anyway, yeah, so then I found the therapist dude. He seems perfect. And I emailed him and I told him I had like said goodbye to the old one. And mm-hmm. I gave him my availabilities and stuff and then he was like, "Great. Let's get to work." So. Dude, fucking impressive. You have done such big 
things, and it's gonna. Wow. I think it's gonna pay off. Cho- yeah, I mean, just choosing it, it to do this really. I mean, yeah. I mean, such, you make such a big choice, right? Yeah, it's a choice like to you to choose yourself. You know, mm-hmm. like you have to you have to decide like, is this enough? Or not? Mm. Like, am True. I giving myself enough love and care? Like, no. Can I do more for myself? Yes. Hence, I'm working on myself. Like, I don't think that I am. Uh, I'm not like at my optimal form yet. So. You haven't even seen me in my true <laughs> power. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're just in your training arc right Optimus now. Optimus Prime. Yeah, I'm. Dude, I feel like I feel like I'm in my arc. Like I'm in the like second stage of my arc right now. Second stage, dude. You're so funny. Like you are. You've definitely yeah. leveled up, to say the least. Yeah. We can be such nerds and do all the things, but I'm fucking like Batman for- training right now. You know, true, true. You are doing all the things, and that's like what makes you so unique. Like there are just people in this world that just decide, like, okay, this is just what I'm gonna do, and whatever it takes to get there, I'm yeah, gonna do. Yeah, like I'm not gonna right? settle. Yeah, I'm not gonna settle for a sad existence. You know, like I'm gonna be. I'm gonna try as hard as I can to be happy. And whether that be therapy, getting sun, going outside, talking to people, striking up a conversation with someone, even though everything inside me, like, doesn't want to. Like, I know it's going to make me happier because I'm talking to someone. And it's like a reality. Yeah. Yeah. Like, choosing to do something that you know is going to make you happy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of when I like was visiting my older sister and she has two kids, a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And I'm like, I just had a moment to just like chill out. You know, I'm an introvert, so I just need to be in a room alone for a bit. So I come out of my room and the three-year-old comes up to me, like comes running up, like as three-year-olds do. And she looks up at me and she goes, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah, of course. She goes, what's going to happen to me when I grow up? I'm like, fudge, dude. (laughs) And I took it real seriously and I just go, whatever you decide. And it's just like such a real fucking thing, right? Like you have to choose, you have to decide and you're just like, you're fucking doing it. You're fucking doing it. Yeah. You're deciding. Uh, She's got so much power. Yeah. Yeah, We all have the most power. Like, I mean, if the, if we're in a position of privilege, if we have all of our other like needs met, you know, Mm -hmm. first, Mm -hmm. We have to have our needs met. And then once we have that, then we can decide like what we want to do. Have you ever heard of the podcast, The Happiness Lab? No, I'm not. It's so good. It's like this woman, um, Lori Santos. She's a professor at uh, Yale or uh, Harvard or something. And, um, she did, she like does it, she teaches a class at Harvard or Yale and it's called like the happiness lab. So the podcast is basically like the outline of the entire class 
in like podcast form. And then every episode is a different way that like scientifically is proven to like make you happier. Um, Yo, that's sick. Yeah. Like I, lo- I, when I was listening to it, it was a couple years ago, I was like making mm-hmm. notes like making notes on my phone. I was getting really into it. You were taking a class. You were fully taking yeah. a class. Yeah. And like I distilled, I think there were like eight episodes in the first season or 10 episodes. And I was like distilled every episode um, down to like one sentence of what the crux of like the, the, the thesis was, but like what was going to make you happy. I feel like I can find this on my phone. Yeah, dude. I want to hear some of them. That, that yeah. sounds freaking cool. I want to hear those. It is. Highly recommend. Because um, it's also like pe- they she interviews people like every episode. And like people that specifically relate to like that theme of the episode. Mm-hmm. Such as? Such as like... Like, uh, so like one of them was this guy who had, who got into like this really bad accident that left him paralyzed and he kind of talked about how like like the whole crux of the issue the of of the podcast episode was that things happen to people that like might seem horrible like like it would ruin your life in different ways but a lot of times mm-hmm. a lot of those people that like it happens to you say that that thing was like the best thing that ever happened to them because it made them I've... happy in different ways, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, in a but weird like... way, you're like, when's this bad thing going to happen to me? Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I hope not. In a terrible way, right? Yeah. No, not actually, but like in, in a terrible yeah. view. But continue. But I found my things. Can I read it? Please, yes. Should I read all of them? It's kind of a lot. What? Why don't we just start with like one and then we'll go, we'll decide if we want to do more. Okay. Um, bad experiences aren't going to be as bad as you think and are sometimes a blessing. Good experiences won't make you feel good for as long as you think. Hmm. It's like attachment to expectation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was basically like, one episode was discussing how um, we have expectations of like, oh my God, when I get this house, when I get this car, I'm going to feel so happy. I'm going to feel so good. And I'm like, I just can't wait till that happens. Um, and then we actually get it. And like, you're happy. You're super, super happy for like a day or three or whatever a month. But then it yeah. all like goes back into status quo again. And you're like, okay, I have this house. Well, now I want this, like, uh, this new job, like this raise at my job. And I'm going to feel mm-hmm. so happy when I have more money. And uh, I'm going to, like, I'm going to finally be happy and my life is going to be complete. Yeah, that moving goalpost. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something to keep in mind. And also to keep in mind that bad experiences aren't going to make you feel as bad as like you think in your head usually like uh, of course yeah so it's kind of like managing expectations like it's the stat or the the um on average 
a really bad experience is going to make you feel like, okay. Mm -hmm. And a really good experience is probably going to make you feel like, okay, in the long run. Um, never as like, what am I saying? Like never as if you're looking at a graph and it's like low, high, mid, medium, like most things will be falling in like the middle in your life. But a lot of people don't think of it that way. They think like it's either going to be like one or the other, or like the binary. Um, yeah. So when you manage that expectation, you're happier. Yeah. Because it's like, it's either yeah, like that short, <laughs> true, <laughs> true. And it's like when people say like, oh, my expectations are really low. Not like directly with like a person, right? But just like, oh, I keep my expectations low and I'm always just surprised when something happens and I'm just like really yeah. excited, right? Yeah, always surprised or like you're right on the money, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm right on the money and uh yeah yeah like on that the next episode was more money doesn't make you happier um which of everyone kind of knows I mean, there's like a tipping point right there's just like it's a tipping point for sure or what's it called diminishing returns um we definitely do need money to be what's it called to be like safe, secure, the actual things, like meet our needs, right? Yeah, exactly. And That's then, what they said. And including like some things that make you happy as well, right? Like, yes, some like money can make you happy in specific ways, but like mm -hmm. it's, it's when we say money, it's like big money. And on top of that, big it's money, yeah. Always just like a dopamine hit. It's kind of like getting a notification on your phone, like, yeah. oh, this happened, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's the same, like, moving goalpost thing. Mm -hmm. um, like, they said, I, like, if, if all of your needs are met and you have, let's say, like, you have a salary of $100,000 a year, so that's, like, a lot for, for a lot yeah. of people. And that could yeah, get you a lot of things. Like, you could be very comfortable with that. Um, but if your neighbor, if you know your neighbor makes $200,000 a year, you're going to feel like you're making like nothing, you know? Yeah. And you're going to think you're going to compare yourself and be like, well, I, now I need to be making $200,000 a year and I'm, you know, not well off. So yeah, it's also like, like a comparison thing. And, but if it's compared to like someone that makes $15,000 a year versus someone that makes like 50,000, then yeah, the $50,000 a year is going to be like a lot happier because it's above the poverty line. Like you need to be at least like having your needs met. Mm -hmm. So it's true. It is very, very true. Yeah. But once it's met, like anything above that isn't really going to change anything in terms mm -hmm. of how happy you are. So and it's interesting. It is interesting. Like, and it's also like perspective too, right? A lot of it is just perspective, mindset, mm -hmm. in the sense of, and you bring up a good point of like, oh, if the person I'm surrounding myself with basically is doing better than me and I compare myself to that, I'm going to feel sad. I'm going to feel bad. I'm going to feel like I'm not doing enough. All these different things, right? 
the comparison, yeah. the attachment, it's all very real things that we humans do. It's also just like really negative and really hurts us in a lot of ways. And those are like the things that we don't really talk about as much because it's so easy to point out. Right. Right. Mm. And, and it's the same thing with like social media and how we can, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others because we see what they're doing every single day. Like, Oh, they got a haircut. I should get a haircut. Oh, they look so thin. I should be working out more. Um, like my friend from high school just got engaged. Why am I not in a relationship and engaged? But like, and that makes us feel bad. (laughs) But then it's like 500 years ago, we would never have seen that. And we would just be like, my life is my life and I'm living it. And like, I don't really know. I don't really know what other people are up to. But all I can do is compare my life to the person I see on the street, you know, like we don't, we don't see the like yeah. intricacies of how like their latte looked and how <laughs> like the Lululemon like that they're was. like, yeah, everything. So it's just too much for our brains to, to get overloaded with. Cause our brains are still those little crocodile brains of people 500 years ago, you know, like we didn't evolve that much. <laughs> like, no, no, I love how you're like 500 years ago was so ancient and so foreign. Like 2,000 years ago, we basically have the same fucking brains as those, we, yeah. like as people 2,000 years ago. If we're talking about That's like history and shit, like this is why people get like swept up in cults and like in um, multi-level marketing schemes because our brains are so hardwired to like want that. Just like people were hardwired to follow um, uh, someone that claimed to be like a messiah 3,000 years ago. Um, Like we're the fucking same. So we're not built to see what like Sue's latte looks like when my latte looks like a shit latte. Like (laughs) that's my rant. I think it's a real one. It's just like... (laughs) Again, let's focus more on like the happiness part. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That got a little, <laughs> got a little dark there. <laughs> oh, dude. So funny, Abby. Again, you're still one of my favorite people, like always. But it is a reality. Like, there, because we are so exposed and we haven't like actually changed all that much biologically um it is just like something that we need to be wary of again being thankful and like only comparing ourselves to a past self is like the best way to kind of see things in perspective right <clears throat> hindsight's always twenty twenty, and rather than mm-hmm. like comparing to other people mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> all right had... well. all right well <laughs> Do we want to talk about spirituality? 
Sure. I think that'll be a fun one, especially after considering that we just said how we're not that different from only 500 yeah. years ago. <laughs> only 500. When was 500 years ago? That was uh, 1523. Mm-hmm. Am I doing math right? <laughs> Uh, do be math, yes. That do be that that mean that be math. Okay, cool. That, that be correct math too. What was happening in fifteen twenty three? That was when people were building things in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people call it the Middle Ages. Um, some people call it the Dark Ages. Yikes! I'm sorry, everyone in fifteen twenty three. Leave a comment if you're from fifteen twenty three. <laughs> like for like anyway. comment for like if you're 1523 anyway <laughs> so, so did you have any questions or topics that you wanted to talk about let me just quickly scan these yeah are there any specific spiritual practices or traditions that are particularly inclusive and accepting of non-traditional relationship dynamics i don't know i can't really think of one let's see I mean, there's uh, there's Mormonism, right? I was literally just thinking that. Uh, Mormons had it right the whole time, dude. Did I t- <laughs> did I tell you that? Um, remember when I I met with that guy who like I went to college with, and I was telling him about how Grant and I were non-monogamous. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, and he was excited. He was like, "Oh, are you guys like?" are you like polygamous yeah i've had a girl say like i i have i (laughs) went on a date with this girl uh she was actually one of the girls i met from that um single what was it called yeah uh, yeah with the girl that uh you met at the end right when i was leaving Mm -hmm. and she was into you Mm -hmm. dude they Uh, were like giving me the death glare who, That's you? one of the reasons why I left. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were weird. Like those two were. They weird. were so weird. Like, they were literally but no, like, another girl. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> like when you were you were getting a drink or something, and they they pulled me aside and they were like, "So, how do you guys know each other?" Like trying to suss it out. Yeah, of course they were. Is this the dark skinned girl and the white one? And the white woman? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, it's chill. We're friends. <laughs> <laughs> they were weird, dude. They were funny. What'd she say? No, I was talking about another one uh, after that. And okay. she's German. And I'm like, yeah, I'm Polly, the whole thing. We're talking. We like have a good time. And like, we were still talking a little bit. She calls me and she's like, yeah, I can't do the fact that you're polygamous. I was like, oh, <laughs> wrong. It's just not true. Yeah, just like didn't really think about it. And when she and she kind of said polygamous at the end, she said like poly before. I was like, yeah, that's that's what I am. Um, but then she said polygamous towards the end. I was like, Fuck, I forgot to correct it too. So <laughs> I was like, you didn't well. Correct it? Because I forgot. Like, she said yeah. three things. I addressed, like, one of them, right? Yeah. She's going around town saying she she dated a guy who's polygamous. And she I just know. couldn't do it. 
And everyone's saying like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, fair, right? Fair. How can individuals in non-monogamous relationships create a spiritual connection with their multiple partners? So individuals can do a lot of spiritual connections in general, right? And like there are different communities, like a lot of people make their friends in their communities and some of them are like religious communities. Some of them are spiritual communities. Some of them are, uh, queer or climbing or whatever, right? Um, and I find that spirituality can actually bring people together in a lot of ways. Um, that's actually how I met some of my friends from San Diego, where we just like immediately bonded in, in such a unique way that we knew it was very special. And she's been along the ideas of this thing called like spirit family. Do you know what that is? No, never heard of it. It's basically just like people that you're meant to kind of be surrounded by. Someone that you can, that it just like fits right, kind of. Yeah. And that you are on the same page, but help each other grow. And it's just like a good fit. And it's just purely meant to be like care and passion and love in whatever form. And it doesn't have to be sexual. Like you're just like, genuinely into each other your like spirits are aligning on like a Mm -hmm. same plane yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and and she was like you're a part of the spirit family i just know i'm like her dude and so because of that she also has like a lot of other practices she'll do like meditations before and like different prayers before either a festival or certain kind of drug trips or um, like just activities. Like she is like very into it. Yeah. Very ritual oriented. I think that rituals are like the prime way to make deep connections with multiple partners because those are the people Mm -hmm. that you're sincerely intimate with. Right. And rituals Mm -hmm. are super important to us humans and they really mean a lot to us and have a lot of weight. Right? Yeah. Like it's 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 yeah. freaking nice. I love and a ritual. I love a ritual. We love a ritual. <laughs> we love a ritual. Um, <laughs> 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 and so like for other people it could be like a prayer before dinner. For other people it could be like going to mass. For other people it can be doing like breath work. There's so many different ways for people yeah. to do like to have such spiritual I mean, connections. I mean, I, I would argue that like rituals are like, it could be anything that you do a lot that you feel like connection to doing. Like you watch succession every night, every Sunday night at 9 PM with your partner, you know? And like, that's your True. ritual. And like, that's one way True. that you feel like you can connect. Mm-hmm. And like, like, it's a stability integrate. thing too. True. And sometimes the instability of it is like part of the ritual too right Um, the instability of it like say like oh every week we're gonna go to a new place or we're gonna go to an event or whatever right right yeah but like we still every year yeah 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 um rituals are definitely like prime ways to 
have deep connections with anyone because then it's like you've integrated someone into your life that you don't even think about it. It's just like, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you, you've already carved out a, t a part of your time, a part of your energy, a part of your life for this person. Kind of like this, dude, this is a little ritual that you and I share. Is that yeah, wild? This is yeah, it is a ritual. Yeah. I like that. It is dude. And every week I'm like it Monday night at 8 PM or whenever we actually get to do it. It's, it's Abby and Antonio time. Yeah. That's great. It is pretty great. Um, but going back to the question, <laughs> uh, creating a spiritual connection with their multiple partners. Again, like with, I find even, uh, what is it called? Like, for example, one of, the, one of my close friends, one of my close friends that's also really new to me is really into plant medicine. And it's like such a big part of her life. Um, and also like breath work and doing through all those things. And because she's like so into it, she also wants to make sure that like she can share these things with her partners. Um, so I have to like be remindful and, and respectful of like, she's really intrigued by it. I want to also be intrigued by it too. Right. I think that being Are open you one of her partners? with your, no, I don't think so. I don't know yet. I don't really care to like label it right now, but like right now we're just like really in a good space that like I'm intrigued by her and I like want to have a deep connections with her. Um, don't know if it's like mm -hmm. physical yet or not, but it's definitely along the lines of it's, it's like deep. I don't know how spiritual it is, but it's it because we haven't done, for example, breath work together, but like that's a very powerful and moving experience, right? Yeah. Or even drug trips, right? People have such spiritual moments if they do the right drug and do like, and have a good trip and all the things, right? It's so Yeah, good. I did a, I did a breath work uh, experience with my partner um, last year and I cried <laughs> during it. Like, I was that classic person that like, like the, the person you think of in, in a kind of cliche way that like does a breathwork class and is like, I feel so connected and now I'm going to cry. But like it actually happened to me. And it like, cause we did breathwork for, it was like a 90 minute thing. Mm -hmm. it was That's intense. a lot of breathwork. That's a yeah. lot of, oh my God. You're just breathing. Intense. Yeah. We were yeah. breathing like, and almost hyperventilating for like 90 minutes. Um, yeah, and like breathing like super that? deep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got my, my arms were like tingly by the end. Um, lying oh. on the ground, looking up at the ceiling and we saw like, uh, there was like a projected kind of mandala thing on the ceiling. Okay. So it would be like in and out, like kaleidoscope, different colors and um worlds and stuff like that we were going into god and i could not imagine spending an hour and a half just crazy. staring at that and breathing yeah oh my god and they were like they were like um leading us through you know like walking around the whole thing 
and like leading everyone mm-hmm. through. And then like some people were falling asleep, some people were like crying, some people were like really into it, some people weren't. And I was like one of the people that wasn't into it in the beginning. But then mm-hmm. I just started to get like more invested. And how so? What was like the turning point? I think it was it was uh like probably halfway in and they were like they said um envision yourself like as a baby like think Mm. of yourself as like one of your like earliest memories and like look at yourself in the third person point of view as if yeah like you're looking at this like baby in a crib or wherever and think about how much like love you have for that baby and like how much you want to keep it like safe and do things for this baby and um and then like hold the baby in your arms so it was like holding your like younger baby self yeah like yeah yeah it was really it was really powerful it was actually really powerful dude thinking of like like the kid version of you is so Mm -hmm. wild like i've had to do a lot of work with that um I think only like a month or two ago, maybe even three, was like the first time I actually got to envision myself with my kid self, like playing. All the other times have been like protecting or like crying or like holding or like having emotional conversations. And mm-hmm. so like it's and so like I cried yeah. because of that. Like I totally I was like, dude, that makes me so fucking happy to think about these things, right? And yeah. it just like like doing internal work in that sense is really powerful. That's really, really powerful. And I'm glad that you got to experience that. Did you, I forget, did you do this with a partner or with like a friend? Yeah, or someone? I did. Yeah, I did this with my partner. Um, and how'd that affect you too after the fact? Um, or did it? I, so I, well, the problem was that like, we got there like late so they had to like separate us so we couldn't be right next to each other um mm-hmm. and i think that if we'd been able to like be right next to each other it would have been more something more like with us but in a way i was glad because i could like fully immerse myself and not feel like self-conscious um mm. but afterwards i did feel like better like lighter just in myself yeah. And I was kind of like, well, that was an experience, and like we both did it together, and it was fun. So, mm-hmm. that's that's something I forget to do is like take classes. Mm-hmm. I forget that that's such a thing. Like, like with a partner anyway, or just in general. Both, right? <laughs> just both. Yeah. Um, but dude, like that's that's really really cool. I love that so much, and it. It was his idea, too. That's really sweet. That's really, really sweet. What role does self-acceptance and self-love play in spirituality exploration within the LGBTQ and non-monogamy cultures? Legobita and (laughs) non-monogamy communities. Mm Mm-hmm. Non-monog-com. nog <laughs> Self-acceptance and self-love play in spirituality. 
I mean, you have to accept yourself. Accept yourself. Period. Love yourself. Um, All right, next question. (laughs) I mean, like, you have to self-actualize and, like, self-accept. Like, you have to accept that baby, like, that inner child. Like, you have to heal your inner child in order to, a lot of time, for a lot of people, uh, be out and open about, like, your sexuality. Can you explain a little bit more? Being, like, not the norm. Because, like, we're programmed from birth to be seen as heterosexual, most people, in the United States. It's, like, the default, Mm -hmm. so... A lot of times kids don't even like they don't like kids are not sexual at all like when they're born but like it's forced upon them true good point i forgot about that yeah i feel like everyone is like asexual when they're born until they figure it out you know until they're not yeah yeah like why do we force something on on a little child But anyway, so I think that it takes a lot of like self-love and understanding oneself to deviate from the norm of heterosexuality. True. Very true. Um, Is that, is that also a spiritual thing? Um, uh, <laughs> you could say no. I was just asking if you like that to be a spiritual thing. I was just honing in on the what does self-acceptance and self-love play in the LGBTQ non-monogamy community. I kind of, I guess I skipped over the spiritual part. Do you want to talk to that aspect of it? Well, I think, well, I still think you're pretty right, right? Like the... The ideas you have are very true. And I think that they also play like a huge part of spirituality, right? It's like the self-acceptance mm-hmm. part is is so important. Um, especially, as you said, with being forced upon ideas and communities and by communities and such like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's... It's it's freaking wild, dude. The fact that like we are taught so many things just outright, like not even like by accident too, right? Like there's definitely things that we learn on our own and by accident, just like oh we picked it up from a social cue or whatever it is, and but just how some people are just outright saying like no, you have to get married, you have mm-hmm. to like have two and a half kids with a dog, you have to have a house, you have to like have a steady job, like you. Like these are just like facts of life, right? Mm-hmm. When in actuality they're not, and the fa- and we have to like, and it's so sad that we have to break the mold. We have to choose to be different, right? Rather than it just being such a normal thing to be different, when all of us are so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like so you sad choose to be different, and you think you're the one person that's like breaking the mold, and then but like if you just expand your horizon more, you'll see. If everyone expanded their horizons and understood 
and was more open, they'd see that everyone is breaking the mold and like everyone is different, like you said. Yeah, but I think that people like there's way more people out there. True, there are. Like there's such there are so many people, thank God. Like there are people like you and me and and all of our friends that we're really close to and stuff like that, right? Like weird people attract weird people. It's just it's just a fact of life that I freaking love. Um mm-hmm. And we have just quality friends, right? They're all like quality friends. Um, mm-hmm. But like putting in, but again, like a lot of the people just in the world don't choose to be different. Like they want to be the norm, right? Like they want to be that average Joe because. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know any different. Yeah, they don't know any different. They like, or they might know different, but it's just like stable and it's easy, right? Yeah. Which goes back to what I was saying in the beginning, which is like, I don't want to settle for that. Like, I know that I want more. Yeah. Not saying that that's bad, whatever other people are doing. No. Personally, myself, like, I knew if I'd, like, kept on my path, I wouldn't have felt, like, completely satisfied. Mm. Um, Yeah, the the self-growth is so real, right? Like, we have to accept that. That there is something, at at minimum, that there is something different about us, right? mm -hmm. That there is something that, okay, I don't see, like the opposite sex the same way or I don't agree with this belief or uh, like why does everyone seem like this is okay this feels wrong or why does everyone think that this is wrong this feels okay and stuff like that right mm-hmm. and diff- varying degrees of course but it's so it's just so it's such an important step to recognize that mm-hmm. thing towards self-love and acceptance, right? Recognizing mm-hmm. that, oh, I am different. And then eventually becoming okay with it. And then you find the people. Like that is such a, a real freaking thing that a lot of people forget. It's just like they they see something that's different about them and then they repress it, right? They're like, actually, no. no yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend in college who he came out as gay like a year after we graduated or so or two years after we graduated and no Mm -hmm. one knew and he was like i didn't even know i think i knew like years ago but i repressed it for 10 years literally 10 years yeah that's a real thing he like completely went 180 in the other direction and was like trying to fuck all these girls and like was and everything and was like talking about it in ways that made everyone around him believe he was like a hundred percent straight including himself mm-hmm. yeah yeah so and now he's super happy fuck yeah and he's literally like a different per- he has a different personality it's insane <laughs> dude it is wild the fact that there's just sometimes like people that just change personalities like i've yeah. definitely changed personalities from like so differently right and I'm sure you've done the same, but it's just funny when you look back, you're like, that is a literal different human. Like, yeah. I do not recognize this person. Like, do if not I, I, 
before this, I was going through some photos on my Google photos. Don't really know why, but I was. And I just like saw some pictures. I'm like, dude, I was so different and so immature and so dumb. And I look so different and like I acted so different and I had so many other feelings. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fucking wild. It's so wild. Yeah. The fact that like, this is such a reality of ours. Yeah. And like that comes with growth and it can, it can be spiritual. I think not in the fact that like mm-hmm. it's relating to God or whatever, but like we are brightening our inner spirits. We're strengthening our souls inside, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I do know. It's very true. The the super cliche. Strengthening the souls inside. We're strengthening our inner spirits. Um you're a shining star. Okay. Our next question. Are there any spiritual teachings or philosophies that provide guidance for navigating ethical and consensual non-monogamy? Definitely not. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. (laughs) 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 Definitely. Covet away, baby. Covet away. Um, Dude, funny. So one of like the spiritual teachings that I've like kind of preached a lot lately is like the spiritual teaching that all attachment is suffering. It's from Buddhism and all of human life is attachment. And that's why all of human life is suffering. Um, It's a very like harsh point Mm -hmm. of view, but also it's like very real at the same time. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Going back to like the classes that you were basically taking um, how Mm -hmm. we have like human life is suffering and we have to choose the happiness that makes us happy. Like we have to choose these things. Um, Mm -hmm. And same with like monks in different ways. Like they choose simplicity rather than suffering in different ways. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that this affects for at least me, like the non-monogamy culture, ethical and consensual, of course, is the fact that I know that all relationships are suffering, all of them. Relationships end in either two ways, breakup or death. And both of them are, in one, are and they're both very similar, right? Like both are bad. breakups yeah. in a, well, they're not bad. It's not inherently bad. Like they're both sad, well, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, death, it, both death is like viewed very negatively. Whereas I like to view it as like a celebration of life. Like we've hit a chapter where we close the end of the book, but at the same time we get to reread it. Um, or like watch the movie version of it or whatever, right? Get the spark notes, if you will. Who gets um, to reread it? Everyone else. Like oh. you like you're writing your own book. Mm. But then other people get to read it, right? Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And um with breakups, like death is very similar to breakups because breakups in a way are death and Death is in a way breakup, right? Death is a yeah. very permanent yeah. breakup. And yeah. and breakup is like the death of a relationship or at least a yeah. different relationship, right? Something I um, for sure. 
Yeah, like these are very real and very difficult topics. Like they're super freaking hard. They're super hard. Yeah, both like breakup and death are like forms of loss and like grief comes with both of those things. Mm-hmm. Suffering. Yeah. Suffering, suffering, dude. Sometimes anger, sometimes like pain, all these different things. It's just suffering. Like there's a lot of negative emotions, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why this affects me with my uh, ethical and consensual non-monogamy choices is because I have to then realize, are these relationships worth my time? Are they worth my suffering? Is this person really going to make me happy? Or is this just something that's like kind of a, like a thing that I'm choosing out of habit, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So I have to constantly choose, like, does this person add value to my life? If I were to add them into my life, how do I introduce them? And does this really mean that I have to cut out time? Does it mean that I have to make more energy? Does this mean I have to make more time? Does this mean like one partner suffers? Like how does this really affect me? And that's been such a huge portion of how I make my community. Like recognizing that all attachment is suffering and in a way, it's very liberating to think that way because then when you are going through a harsh time with a friendship, you have to remember that those hard times are very normal and is actually a moment that can deepen that relationship. Oh, like, okay. Because, I, I know, it's a little wild, but like, like if... With my, like, with my friendship that I was talking to you about earlier... Mm-hmm. Say that's like just part of it, and it could strengthen the friendship. Um, for that specific case, it can. I would say no overall, though, yeah. because it's it's consistent it's and reoccurring. Yeah, it's a pattern that's yeah. negative that is that's not going to change. It's out of your control yeah. to change. So one so of those why. situations, like. You would say, okay, assess it, think, is it worth my time? Is all the suffering that I'm going through worth it in the end? Um, Like, is the relationship worth it? Yeah, to a degree. Because, like, that's just, that's like, so on a quick aside, I was having a conversation with, this German that I met at at a hostel and he was talking about how he's not spiritual at all, spiritual at all. Um, He's Mm -hmm. very reasonable. Like he focuses on reason. Very logical. Thank you. Um, He's like, he uses very German. Um, (laughs) He's, he was really cool too. He was a nice guy. Um, He's like, probabilities just like don't lie all these other things like i have to pick patterns the whole thing and he like he's a smart guy he's sweet he's like good looking he's like doing well for himself he's making good choices he's bettering his life right and i'm like they're not so different spirituality and uh logic right the fact that you can have this logical emotion these or these spiritual emotions and thoughts and beliefs can also make them very uh, reasonable as well. For example, like I can have this belief that all 
uh, attachment is suffering. Re- like logically, why would I want something that's suffering? And but like having that this moment of vulnerability, this moment of suffering with someone that you're having like a tough time with, it's up to you to to choose to like make the relationship worth it, make it stronger, make it better, make it or just change the dynamic. For example there are some instances of married couples moving out in order to save their dynamic and actually make the relationship a lot better because then they can actually choose to see each other and be excited about it again. Um, Be excited about it again. Uh, And so like having to really remember that these moments are not pieces of failure. They can be real true growth. Because it's like, I, for example, with me and my partners, when they're being honest with me about something that I'm not happy about, I still have to be thankful that they were willing to be honest and come to me about these solutions, right? It's like, you trust me enough, you trust our dynamic enough, you trust whatever it is so much that you know that if you come to me, it's still going to be okay. Yeah. Right? Like... Yeah, that's how I want it to be. Yeah, and in a way that is suffering, right? It's like, fudge, I have to hear that. I have to change. I have to do something. Like, you feel this way? How can I accommodate? All these things, right? Like, that is some real suffering. The one that you love is hurting. I I did that with my one of my exes that I was in a serious relationship with. And I told him, I was like, this and this, um, you know, I would like this to change. Like I'm unhappy with this thing that you're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was, he looked at it as like, he, he did not appreciate it. He was like, do you have any more like gripes with me? Like any more complaints today? Mm. I was just like, it's not like a complaint with you. It's just like, I would like some, like a different, you know, something that's changed. Like, I still care about you as a person. It's just a, the action that I would like to change, you know? Um, the re- Yeah, didn't receive it very well, obviously. Yeah. And he didn't, he believed that a good relationship, like a optimal relationship was one where- like, Never has never, issues. Yeah, you never have issues. Or like, you just kind of know instinctively how to interact with each other and like, just, you don't have to put in like work because the work means it's wrong or whatever. It's just, just like not true. Like you have to go through suffering in order to make things better, like you said. Yeah. 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 It's such a reality. Um, like people do see it as a failure when in actuality it can be very good. Um, mm-hmm. I think that because society has said, such has set such specific boundaries and criteria that you're not allowed to talk to each other about these things. You're not allowed to like have complaints. You're not allowed to like take a step back in order to make three steps forward. Right. Like one step Mm -hmm. back, two steps forward kind of deal. Right. And Mm -hmm. society is just like, no, it has to be perfect the first try or you failed. Yeah. And I don't think that's perfect out there. Mm -hmm. Like there's still more for like, we're the problem kind of deal. Uh Uh-huh. 
but when both parties have the ability to like recognize that there's more to come from this relationship, this dynamic, the reason like that you two are together is that you can better each other. That's when you're like, I see the pain, the growth that is going to happen, like the uncomfortable emotions. Yeah. I'm choose to do this. And that's where like the basis of my non-monogamy comes from. That's the basis of my like spirituality, right? Is it worth believing in order to give me happiness and comfort, even despite the pain that might come with it? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's just, there's so much to like attachment in general, right? There's just so much to it. I read an article recently about attachment and how like, uh, like attachment theory, how um, people that get, that are anxiously attached um, can kind of view the partner that they're attached to like it's an addiction and they had an interesting metaphor for it, which was like, or it was an example where scientists were um, doing an experiment with like these rats and they would give a rat like a lever to press. And then when they press the lever, a pellet would come out like for food. Mm-hmm. And they, so then every time they press the lever, a pellet would come out like every single time without fail. Mm-hmm. So then the rat learned to press the lever because it was going to get their food. They liked the lever. Yeah. And then the scientists took away the pellet. And so the rat was pressing the lever and nothing was coming out. So it was confused. But then they said like a normal, like a normal behavior, you would, that you would expect that the rat would get bored and walk away and just be com- completely disinterested by the lever mm-hmm. now that it knows that there's no food coming. But mm-hmm. instead the opposite thing happened and the rat becomes obsessed with the lever because they know that there was food once and they're just not sure when it's going to come back. Yo, that's, that's <laughs> freaking rough, that's dude. I know. That's so <laughs> rough. I know. And so... Wow. The rats would just like consistently, the rats would become obsessed with the lever and just sit right next to it and keep trying to press it and keep trying to press it, even though nothing would come out. And then the scientists put a pellet in at random times too. So the rat would press it and like randomly would come out and then the rat would become like so excited and like so happy. And then they'd keep pressing it and then it wouldn't come out. And then that would make it even more obsessed because they're like, now they don't know the pattern. You know? Dude, can you send me this article? <laughs> Yo! Yeah, I can. Um, so basically they're saying, like, this is a perfect metaphor for um, humans that have anxious attachment. Um, mm-hmm. Because that anxious attachment, like, the pellet is usually, like, the lever is, like, someone that was, like, a caregiver to the baby mm-hmm. when they're really mm-hmm. young. Or a really important like relationship that was when they were younger, and um, people that have secure attachments like they always got the pellet, 
and it's consistent. And so when the pellet doesn't come anymore, they get bored, they walk away. And they, cause they know that like, there's going to be a lever out there that does give them the pellet, but this one doesn't. <laughs> there's always going to be another lever. <laughs> <laughs> but so like, that would be a secure person, a secure rat. But the peep, the rats that like grew up and got used to not knowing when the pellet would come, but like sometimes it wouldn't, sometimes it would inconsistencies they would stick around even if there was no pellet for days, weeks, ever. Literally, if there was no pellet ever again. Because they were used to the inconsistency. And that's it's that's how people are. So um yeah, long story short, it's that's it's like the same thing with addiction to any like substance too. Because mm-hmm. you're chasing that high, like you're chasing that good dopamine rush feeling. Um, but yeah, and narcissistic people or, um, people that prey on like anxiously attached people will do it on purpose sometimes. Like they'll give love and they'll take it away and they'll give it and they'll take it away to get someone hooked on you. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why, like you said, your friend, you know is kind of hooked on someone who is bad for them. But they, yeah. like, sometimes they'll be great, you know, and make them feel so good. But, like, because they're so horrible, even if they're horrible most of the time, they're still going to chase that really good feeling because um, they knew it happened once, at least. Dude, that's freaking wild. That is such an interesting piece of info. I there's a lot there I need to share that with so many people I think that's a great place to leave it yeah this was this was a good one dude this I enjoyed this this. I feel like I've been I feel like I've been saying that a ton lately and I fucking love it it's like yeah Yeah. this was a solid episode or yo that was a solid freaking episode or yo that a solid episode (laughs) Mm, yeah it's like i never really know what we're gonna talk about but then we end up like doing it yeah we've been pretty consistently good at this at least like feels like we've been pretty so i'll pat ourselves on the back i feel like we've been coming up with some solid conversation out of nowhere yeah i feel pretty happy about it oh yeah hell yeah dude okay okay bye I love you. I'll see you very soon. You too. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Guten Tag.